Well, greetings, saints. Uh, I just want to check again. Everybody hear me okay? Can you hear me? Amen. Uh, well, uh, this morning, it's my understanding that um, uh, we have a number of the young people with us uh, because this is uh, what we're, the conference meeting is uh, in place of the church meeting in a, a number number of places in the Metroplex. So um, for that reason, maybe a few were joining us uh, yesterday, but but uh, most likely, as we have as has been the case in the last two years when I was with you there in person, um, that the young people are present. And if the older saints and the parents would give me this grace, uh, I would like to speak to the young people uh, directly for just a few minutes, maybe five or five or ten minutes, um, while we have your attention. Um, you know, dear, dear young people, uh, I, I don't know if you've heard or you have this impression that in the Bible, there are a few books that are, that are uh, really directed at young people, directed at young people. And I think you may have, you, you, you may have some impression that first and second Timothy is, is like that first and second Timothy. Uh, these are, you know, you have verses there, flee youthful lusts, flee youthful lusts. Do, let no one despise your youth. Um, and this is Paul, the Apostle Paul speaking actually to his co-worker who was a young person. And we know this is Timothy. We know his story that, that um, he actually was pursuing the Lord very much in the first century. I, I mentioned this this way yesterday. He was, Timothy was, the, 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 the first, second generation generation. I, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. He was, um, he was among the, he was the first generation that was a second generation in the church. Because in the first century there, he, he was brought forth by his mom and his grandma in the faith. It talks about his grandmother Lois, his mother Eunice, when you read the second book, that, that grandma Lois transmitted faith into the mother, and then the mother transmitted faith into the grandchild, or her son and the grandson. And so Timothy is, is such a book. In the Old Testament, Ecclesiastes is such a book. I don't know if you, you realize that, but, but um, Ecclesiastes is really targeted to young people. Uh, and we just had this uh, training, the crystallization training on these three books, um, Job, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes. Even last night in our, in our meeting, um, as, as uh, Brother Mauricio uh, highlighted, we, we had a, such a session uh, bringing out some of the key points, what, 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 was, what, we, what we call nuggets and gems, the book of Proverbs. And that was from that training. We didn't touch Ecclesiastes, uh, but last night. But Ecclesiastes is is targeted to to young people. You know, you know Ecclesiastes. It starts like this: vanity, vanity of vanity, says the preacher. And this message goes throughout the book. All things are vanity. And how does the book conclude? Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth. Remember now. Okay. Uh, if someone over 60, as I, I know you may not believe that, but anyway, I, I, when you, when, when you read a book, you feel, oh, 
I missed my chance. Uh, uh, okay, I'll start remembering the Lord now, but I'm not in my youth anymore. So, but but if you're 11, if you're 13 or 17, this book is for you, Ecclesiastes, because you can still remember your Creator now in the days of your youth and learn from the older generation, learn, receive from the older generation so that so that you would not make the same mistakes so that you can save time in your human life and in, especially in your Christian life. Save time. Ecclesiastes is, is such a book. But this morning, we are in the book of First Thessalonians, mostly. Uh, the two verses, scripture reading, that uh, Brother Ben just led us through, both are from the book of First Thessalonians. Did, did you realize that this book, First Thessalonians, even the second book, Second Thessalonians, is really a book for young believers, for young believers. In the story of the New Testament, the early New Testament church, uh, this, this particular church, the believers in this city, uh, Thessalonica, Thessalonica um, the believers there were the youngest congregation of believers when compared to the others who received letters like the Ephesians and the Philippians and the Galatians. This group of believers, the, the Thessalonians, um, Paul and the brothers were with them. Uh, we, we know this history from the book of Acts. We're with them uh, no more than three weeks. It talks about actually in the book of Acts that three Sabbaths, that could be just 17 days or so. It could be 21 days. They spent short time there. But in that short time, they preached the gospel to these few people and they, they got saved. They, they became the church of the Thessalonians in the triune God. They, they became such. And actually, in a very short time, their faith, the, 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 the message of their faith went out to encourage all the churches. Very interesting that this group of young believers, this young group of young believers. Now, it's not necessarily the case that they were all young in age, but they were all young believers. They were all new believers. And we know that this book of especially First Thessalonians and also the second, are a kind of model for us how to care for new and young believers. And it's very interesting, and this is the point I want to make with you young people. Uh, it's very interesting that in the first book, First Thessalonians, five chapters, very short. You could, you could read it practically in one sitting. The chapters are not that long. Every chapter, Paul ends with the Lord's coming back with the matter of the Lord's return. It's very interesting. There's no, there's no other book like that, that Paul wrote in every chapter. He emphasized something of the Lord's return, of the Lord's return. You know what that means? You know what that shows us? It shows us that young people, young people, you need to, you need to be ready for the Lord's coming. This is not something just, oh, uh, let, let the older ones uh, worry about that. I, I'm, I'm just starting out in life. I'm, 
you know, I have my whole future in front of me and, and I'm in school and, and, and so on. That's for mature, mature believers. Don't have that thought, brothers and sisters, all of us, all of us, and particularly the young ones, the new ones, should, should have the matter of the Lord's coming before them. And brothers and sisters, young brothers and sisters, we are living in amazing times. We are living in amazing times. And it does seem, it does seem like we are nearing the end of this age. And the time of the Lord's coming is very soon. And do you know, in, in Matthew, the Lord gives this uh, parable, this story uh, about um, um, a uh, uh, actually it's a master who has a field. And he sends some into the field to work very early in the morning. And, and then there are some a little bit later. And then there's some a little bit later. And then all the way at the end, about 5 p.m., there's about an hour of work left in the day. He hires some. And then they all come to get their, their wages. And you know this story. He decides to give the, the, the last group, the last group, their wages first. And he gives them a certain amount. And then the first group comes thinking, oh, we labored the whole day. We labored the whole day. We're probably going to get more. But actually, the Lord gives them the same amount. And, and they get, it seems like they get offended. And, and the, Lord, the Lord said, this is where that, that famous saying, the last shall be first and the first last. And you know what that's talking about? That's talking about generation after generation of believers who have served the Lord. The first group that, that were the whole day in the heat of the, of the sun, that's the first apostles. That's Peter and those brothers. But who are the last? Dear young people, that might be referring to you. That, that, that might be you. You might, you might have this kind of designation in, in, from, in the scriptures, the last the last generation. And, and you know what it says? The last shall be first. <laughs> oh, dear young people, it's very possible under the Lord's sovereignty, he has put you in a very particular position in the history of the church. That if you rise up to cooperate with the older generation, and because, because we saw this yesterday morning, we were trying to present this point, which Mauricio mentioned that in the Bible, you see this so often, so often, two generations working together to turn the age, to turn the age. And even you look at, you look at the very last two verses of the Old Testament, it mentions this, that, that Elijah will come. There's this prophecy in Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6 that Elijah comes, and when he comes, he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers before that great and terrible day of the Lord. And there was a certain fulfillment in measure of that verse in John the Baptist. And we see this in Luke 1, 17. And it says that when he comes in the spirit and power of Elijah, he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the disobedient, to the prudence of the wise. So there was a kind of fulfillment in 
um, in in uh, John the Baptist. But there will be the full fulfillment with Elijah returning at the end of this age. We see something of that in, in the book of Revelation. And brothers and sisters, this shows us that before the Lord returns, there will be this kind of phenomenon among God's people. The hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. A mingling, a blending, a reconciling of two generations working together to turn the age. Oh, dear young people, I, I hope, I hope you would take this charge. Actually, I would encourage all of you this week, just read the book of First Thessalonians. You could read one chapter a day, Monday to Friday. Maybe even do that with your family, with your folks. I wonder what that would be. Maybe that would be the fulfillment of Malachi, the hearts together in the word. That would be that would be wonderful. But and and your family, you you could you be a factor in your family being the family of Noah. You know the family of Noah? You know, we always talk about Noah, Noah and the ark. Actually, it's not just Noah and the ark. It's Noah and his family and the ark. Eight, eight went into the ark. Noah, his wife, and all his three children with their three wives. A whole family went into the ark. And in Matthew 24, the Lord said, as the days of Noah were, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. A brother mentioned yesterday in, in his testimony that he always looked at that in Matthew 24 on the negative side of all the negative things happening that, that um, you know, what it says in Matthew, uh, they will be uh, marrying and giving in marriage and, uh, all, you know, all these, all those things until the flood, you know, until the, the, the Lord comes, until the flood uh, came. And, and uh, but actually, and of course, that's true. But I do believe, I do believe there is a hint there that that we need today the family of Noah reproduced in our family life, in the church life. We we need we need we need sons and daughters to stand with their parents for the Lord's testimony today, just like those three boys did, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their wives. That second generation stood with the first generation, supported the first generation in the ark life, in the building of the ark. Just like today, there's the need for the younger generation to stand with the older generation for the building of the church life. Oh, brothers and sisters, I, I hope, I hope you could you could you could take this this charge. Anyway, that's my that's my little word to the uh, to, to to the young people. I want to I want to come back for something more general for for all of us, and uh, coming back to these two verses that that were read uh, at the beginning, First Thessalonians chapter one, verse three, remembering unceasingly your work of faith and labor of love and endurance of hope of our Lord Jesus Christ before our God and Father, and then in chapter five mentions the same three elements, faith, love, and hope. Faith, love, and hope. Actually, saints, uh, I, I, think, I, think if, I think if we were all together, 
in the hall there in Irving, having this conference meeting together, I'd ask all of us to repeat these three words, but I, I think we can still do this now. How about we just say these three words together? Faith, love, hope, all, all together. Faith, love, hope. These are presented in this book, the structure of the Christian life, the structure of the Christian life. But in chapter five, verse eight, there's a development. Please notice, 5.8 says, but since we are of the day, let us be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and a helmet, the hope of salvation. There's an implication here, dear brothers and sisters, that faith, love, and hope have now become our armor, our armor. And what does that imply? That implies we're in a battle. We're in a battle. Actually, we know the Christian life is a battle. The Christian life is a warfare. And, and to be protected in this warfare, we need faith, love, and hope. Purposely, we did not provide an outline for this morning's session. Because saints, actually this morning, uh, it's not, at least from my side, it's not really a message. I, I just have something on my heart that I would like to bring to you all, especially the parents, and the grandparents, the serving saints among us, because <clears throat> this has been maybe the most particular year that we all have ever gone through in our lives. Uh, I was, I was uh, thinking in these terms, my trip last year to Dallas to be with you all was my second to last trip to be with the churches to minister. Right after uh, returning from visiting you all in Irving last year, I did go to Moscow for um, a few days, actually just four days, I believe, and came back and then everything got shut down, at least here in the East Coast, in New York City. And so this marks a kind of cycle. Actually, next, next weekend, I'm going to be speaking to the saints in Moscow. So, so the, the, entire, the, the entire cycle will be complete. <laughs> On online, this has been a year of online fellowship like this. <clears throat> and thank the Lord that we have such a provision to do this. Of course, uh, it's not the same, is it? It's not the same. How we long to be able to just be together, to you know, just to enjoy the live singing with one another. I, I can't wait to be in a conference meeting where where we can say, sisters, verse one, and all the sisters stand up and, and sing and, and let's sing it again, you know. And we do our best in this, you know, medium, but it's not the best. And even, um, even honestly, even this can get a little weary, can it? Even this can get a little, little weary. There, you know, and there's a, there's a new, there's a new uh, terminology that has been developed over this year that I, I never heard before, and that is Zoom fatigue. It's just new, new. That's in our culture now. That will forever be, or not forever, until the Lord comes 
that'll be part of our vernacular. Zoom fatigue. We'll all we'll all remember this year, 2020 mostly, and then into 21. We don't know how long things will be like this. But <clears throat> this has introduced a certain layer of challenge on top of all the challenges we were already facing. Human life didn't stop. It just got more challenging. And so <clears throat> we have our human life. We have our family life. We have our work life. We have our academic life. We have our relationship with the children. We have health issues. All these things going on. And then on top of that, this restrictive situation, some of the church, the church life has to change. Um, some saints end up isolated. Some, uh, uh, we know some elderly ones, particularly, it took them a, a while to get the hang of these online meetings. So they were somewhere isolated. We, we actually kind of foreseeing this. Um, I was touched. A brother brought this up and uh, uh, actually a number of weeks before, before we had to lock down in New York City to, uh, to, purchase, to purchase a number of, of uh, um, what do you call them? Um, uh, iPads, you know, iPads, uh, uh, tablets, tablets. Uh, and load Zoom, load Skype, put all the things and, and try to make it very easy. And then we went around to deliver them to a number of elderly saints because we knew things are going to change for them. And we wanted to facilitate that no one would be isolated, but still hard to, hard to foresee every situation. And some saints end up, you know, took them a little while to get on, to kind of get on the train, if you understand what I mean. So we are concerned. And saints, my great concern over this past year, and especially the latter part of, of last year, was how is the faith of the saints? How is the faith of the saints? How is the love of the saints for the Lord? How is the hope? Do the saints still have hope? Or has there, you know, it talks about the, the endurance of hope. How's your endurance? Has your endurance been recharged? <laughs> has your endurance been maintained? You know, uh, in, in this book of 1 Thessalonians, faith is mentioned quite a number of times. And these things go together. I, I think we're all familiar. Faith and love. Faith and love go together very often. Um, and we even we even have among us uh, some songs, right? In a in a CD entitled "Faith and Love." I, I I love I love listening to that, being infused with that, even just as I'm just driving. And uh, that's based on the last book in the, the sorry the last verse in the book of Titus, and talks about faith and love. And there's a wonderful note, and that note has been turned into song. And, and uh, but actually a number of places, of course, 1 Corinthians 13, the three are put together, faith, love, and hope. In Hebrews chapter 12, uh, not faith and love, but faith and, faith and hope are put together. Very interesting. These three go hand in hand. This is the structure of our Christian life. 
And you could see it this way, that faith is the initiation and hope is for the Lord's coming. And so in the middle, and mostly our life is a life of loving the Lord. You could see it in those three stages. But also from another angle, we need all three ongoing all the time to have a proper Christian life, to have a joyful Christian life, and to have a proper church life. And when we talk about proper church life, we have to have we have to talk about a proper family life, because the family life is is the foundation of the church life. If we don't have proper families, proper homes, the proper environment in our homes, how can we have a proper church life? Actually, if we don't have the proper family life, then when we come together, it's possible that this just a, that's just a kind of performance. We need faith, love, and hope strengthened in our in, in our in our daily life, in our in our Christian life. And when you read, uh, particularly chapter three, um, and if you have your Bible, you can look along with me. We didn't ask the brothers to prepare slides to 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 show as we sometimes do. But um, but if not, it's okay. I, I'm going to read them, so you can just listen as we go along. But very interesting, chapter three especially. Paul was concerned for the faith of the saints. How's your faith? How's their faith? He sent Timothy to find out. So I'll read a few, a few of these verses. This is uh, 1 Thessalonians three. Verse one, therefore, when we could bear it no longer. Do you, do you remember the, the expression in chapter two that he says, as a nursing mother, we were there, or, you know, we were concerned for you. But maybe, yeah, maybe I go back to chapter two, 217, 217. Uh, listen to this expression. Paul says, but we brothers, having been bereaved of you for a little while in presence, not in heart, were more abundantly eager with great desire to see your face. I believe in the hearts of the leading brothers in all the churches, there's this. Dear saints, we long to see your face. We feel as if we're bereaved of you. You know, that word bereaved, you use that when, when your child passes. You, you've, lost, you've lost a loved one. And, and that's the feeling, oh, I, I'm longing, longing for you, longing to see you, but I can't, I can't. And so there's this intimate concern of the apostle. And dear saints, I believe all the leading brothers, I believe the coworkers, this is the, the sense for the saints, over the saints, how are you? How are you? Then chapter three, verse one, therefore, when we could hear it, when, when we could bear it no longer, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone and we sent Timothy, our brother and God's fellow worker in the gospel of Christ to establish and encourage you for the sake of your faith. The great concern was, how's their faith? How's their faith? Verse five, five and six, because of this, 
when I also could bear it no longer, I sent to find out concerning your faith, lest perhaps the tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. Saints, there's been this concern for the saints in, in the churches um, because we know, we know the enemy's strategy. You know, uh, Daniel 7, in Daniel 7, there are these two verses, I believe it's 21 and 25, have these phrases that also have been with me as a, um, to express my concern. It talks about how the enemy waged war with the saints, waged war with the saints. That's verse 21. Verse 25 talks about wearing out the saints of the Most High. Wearing out the saints of the Most High. Have you have you felt a little worn out <laughs> this these past months? A little worn out. I know in our situation here, among with so many saints, especially uh, my concern is for many young mothers, many young mothers among us, many of whom are also working, but are caring for their children who are studying at home, schools at home, or what I guess has developed, this phrase has developed to hybrid. This is kind of a new terminology among us, partly going to school, partly at home, in school two days, at home three days, and the following week in school three days, and home two days, and trying to keep that schedule, and then also working at home, and now you need uh, five or six computers or devices, and is your Wi-Fi strong enough, and all these kind of things that you have to deal with, it's very possible that just this has worn us out and worn us down. And then, and then, then we talk about, oh, um, you know, let's have a conference online uh, after you've been online all week long for your work. The kids have been online and the kids hear that and say, oh, we don't want this. And uh, you still join, but maybe not with the same anticipation. <laughs> Continuing reading verse six, but Timothy, but Timothy, now with the Thessalonians, it was actually good news. Having just come to us from you and announcing the good news to us of your faith and love and that you have kind remembrance of us always and long to see us just as we also you. Because of this, we were comforted. Oh, I do hope, saints, that there could be some reports of good news among the saints in the Metroplex, certain localities. Oh, we were concerned, but actually, they were quite shepherded and shepherding each other. That would that that word could sound out and encourage so many churches around us. That's what happened with the Thessalonians. That's what happened. Then, verse ten, night and day, petitioning exceedingly so that we may see your face. Uh, Paul keeps talking about face, face to face. I want to see you in person and, and listen to this and complete the things that are lacking in your faith. Now, the Thessalonians, it was good news. They were not worn out. They, they were not tempted away or they were tempted, but they didn't fall into temptation. So there was good news from them. Still, Paul wanted to complete their faith. Saints, 
all of us could use a little perfecting, some more perfecting in our faith. I hope we have this concern for all the saints in the church life. I know saints, this is supposed to be a fellowship, you know, for the parents, um, maybe, maybe the parents and serving ones, you're expecting that we talk more about the young people, more about the teenagers, more about the children. But actually, I, I, I mentioned to some of the leading brothers, I, I gave them this example. Um, you know, when you're on an airplane, I think m most of us have fl flown at one time or another, and uh, you've heard these, these, these messages. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I fly enough that I think I could say it almost verbatim how they give, you know, give, give that safety message at the beginning. And it always, it, they always mention that when cabin pressure drops, a mask will come out from the compartment just above you. And, and don't they always tell you, don't they always tell you, put your mask on first and then tend to those around you. And in the video, it's usually a child in the seat next to you. Isn't that, I don't know. Anyway, I fly American Airlines. That's a, big in Dallas, and I think many of you fly American. But anyway, it's usually a child. They have this, and, and, and or, or it's, a, you know, animation, something. It's almost always a child. And they tell you what? Put your mask on before you tend to your child. So saints, I guess what I'm telling you today is take care of your faith first before we are concerned about their faith. It, if we're not if we're not healthy in our faith, we probably cannot help too many people. We, we're not going to be able to inspire our young people to go on in the church life. We, 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 need, we need our faith strengthened. In some cases, renewed. But saints, never take the lie of the enemy that we don't have faith. No, no. We have a spirit of faith. That's 2 Corinthians 4.13. Actually, I invite you to declare this with me. I have a spirit of faith. Could we say that? Because it's true. That's what the Bible says. Can you just say what the Bible says? The Bible says, we then having the same spirit of faith. It's not the power of positive thinking. It is the declaration of the word of God. I have a spirit of faith. Your turn. Amen. I have a spirit of faith. And actually, the Lord says, even if you have the faith as a grain of mustard, right, a little, a little faith, you can, you can, you can move the mountain. So don't, don't think, don't, don't say, oh, I only have a little faith. And actually, what the Lord is saying is, that's enough. A little faith is enough. Just exercise your little faith. Don't say, oh, my faith is too small. No, you can't get smaller than a grain of mustard. That's what we have. That's the minimum. That's where we all start. And that parable is not showing us that we're short in faith. That yeah, I know the Lord says, oh, ye of little faith. Yeah, you have a little faith. You have a little faith. Just like in Revelation chapter 3. You have a little strength. You have a little strength. And it's all you need, actually. Because that little faith is powerful. We just need to exercise it. You know, in the Memorial Day Conference 2020, last year, 
uh, this verse was brought out. Oh, and this really spoke to me, saints. This is Luke, um, Luke 18, 8. Uh, it was in, I believe, the first message and presented as the prophecies to show the, well, um, the time of the Lord's coming back, the things that will occur. And one of the things is Luke 18, 8. And it says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So what does that mean to us? That means that at the time of the Lord's coming, many of the Lord's children will lack faith. He will come and look. When the Son of Man comes, will, will he find faith on the earth? That means our faith will be challenged, as it has been, as it is being challenged by even the things in society, the changes in society. The Christian faith is being challenged more and more. And, and I know many parents are really before the Lord concerning the ch children's education even, because things are coming, that there's an attack at the, at the elementary school level on things that, that will rock the Christian foundation. So I know, I know, but saints, oh, I want to encourage all of us not to lose, not to lose heart and to exercise the faith we have, and to look away to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, Hebrews 12. Look away. You know, in, in, in Hebrews 12, this shows us that our faith, the perfecting of our faith, is connected to what we're looking at, what we're paying attention to. So the Lord is saying, look away, look away from what? From everything. You know, we have some wonderful hymns in our hymn book, 1205, 1206. Look away, oh, look away. We need to learn to look away. We need to practice looking away. Looking away from what? Looking away from the news. Looking away from, sorry, our even our, even our device that we may be connected to and, oh, notification. Oh, update. Oh, oh. Even that, saints, sometimes you just need to look away. Don't be occupied. It's not anything bad. It's not anything defiling. Could be, but not necessarily. It's just that it takes your attention away. Eventually, putting your attention there, looking away to that too much, it will affect our, our faith. What are we paying attention to? What are, what, what are we looking at? Eventually, and I'll, I'll come to this later about hope, it's possible we set our hope on other things. And when we set our hope on other things, I tell you, we're, we're, we're not looking away to, to, to Jesus. And faith also, saints, and, and I know that we, we know this. I'm, I'm sort of preaching to the choir. But Peter says in his, in his book that he wants to stir you up by a remembrance. And I'd just like to remind you, I'd just like to remind all of us, faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. We need the word. We need to be in the word. And I would say we need to start our day with the word, but not just, not just in a perfunctory way. Oh, we... We have the book, the whole, you know, we open the whole, the word, the, whole, the, the book, the Holy Word, 
for morning revival and we go through our two verses and we read the gray area and we go on. Well, uh, don't misunderstand. Better than not doing it. Better than nothing. And anytime you touch the word, it's, 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 there's hope. It's powerful. But saints, uh, I do hope that we could have some times with the Lord. According to him, 812, that's, that's why I asked the brothers if we could sing this hymn at the start of this meeting. Times of lingering before the Lord. Lord, I would linger here, still seeking after thee. Excuse my voice. Continue in the word and prayer till thou dost flow through me. Saints, we, we, need, we need times to be quiet before the Lord, to be still for our, our inner being to be still. Have, have you not had the experience that you are there, maybe, maybe, maybe you are, maybe you are, you know, you take, you got your, your book and, uh, and you're opening to the, to the verses and uh, here's, oh, very interesting. This is the verse from, <laughs> this is the verse from yesterday for this week in the church here. We're going over uh, Christian life, church life, consummation of the age, coming of the Lord. And uh, Saturday's verse, Saturday's verse is First Thessalonians 1.10. How sovereign is that? First Thessalonians 1.10, and await his son from the heavens, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath which is coming. See, young people, I told you, every chapter ends with the Lord's coming. That's First Thessalonians 1.10. So you're here, and you're, you're, you're praying, and you pray over, and even as you're praying, have you not experienced that you're already thinking about other things? You're, you're, you're praying, and and it's pray thinking. Not it's not pray reading. It's pray thinking, or it's think reading, or or and actually, not only not only things of our day. Like maybe maybe you have a doctor's appointment. And you're you're pray reading, and you're like, oh wait, what time is that appointment? Oh, oh yeah, it's at two. Okay, yeah, I have time. Okay, and and just you you can't. You're not still, and the the moms are. Oh, it's Lord's Day. Wait, did I did did I get everything ready for the children? Oh, okay, okay. Amen. And happens to me, saints. This happens. I might be pray reading, and I'm thinking, oh, am I ready for the message? Oh, not. I shouldn't be thinking about the message that I'm going to give in two hour in 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 three or four hours when I'm spending the time with the Lord. You see, our inner being has to <sighs> take a sigh. Take a take a breath. I, I love I love Psalm. What is it? Psalm one thirty one verse two. Surely, I have, surely I have, calmed and quieted my soul. I may not be quoting it exactly. Maybe it's quieted and calmed. We need to calm our soul, our inner being. We need to quiet our inner being. As uh, Psalm 46 says, be still and know that I am God. So saints, we need, we, need to, we need to practice taking captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. 
2 Corinthians 10, 5. And setting our mind on the spirit. Actually, we know this verse, Romans 8, 6. And we practice this verse. The problem is that we set our mind. And then 15 seconds later, our mind becomes unset. And then we have to reset it. And then we have to unset. And then we go and we travel around the world for maybe three minutes. Or you travel to your job. Or you travel to where you, what you're going to do later. And, and then you come back. And, and saints, it's possible you spend 30 minutes with the Lord praying, but you only we, we, we only have maybe five to 10 quality minutes in his presence. The rest is this battling. Oh, any time with the Lord in the word is worthwhile. Any time is worthwhile. We shouldn't think, oh, I got defeated. No, no, no. It's just, we're just practicing. I would just encourage us all, keep practicing. Keep practicing to take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ and just be still so that what? And this is my point, saints. We can look away to the author and perfecter of our faith. We can look away. Then, then we'll have the strength to put away every encumbrance, the things that are weighing us down. We'll have the strength to put away the sin that so easily entangles us that even until today has been plaguing us. It's very possible you've been in the church life 20 years and there's one thing that's still plaguing you and you, you never got through. All you do is confess it and again, confess it and again. Don't stop confessing. We always should confess thoroughly. But then after confessing, we should what? We have right to the tree of life. We should enjoy the Lord, eat the Lord, be before him and let him shine so that he might be able to do a deeper work so that his light can come to us like a, even like a laser to do some laser surgery in our inner being. It's very possible we have not been able to break through over that thing simply because we don't know how to linger before the Lord. You know, when a, when a physician does an operation and, and is doing a heart surgery, the, the patient must be very still. Imagine the patient comes out of the anesthesia too early. You know, that's always a concern. You have to be still. We need to experience the divine anesthesia to just be quiet and still before the Lord so that he can operate. Then, saints, then, oh, we will be energized to run the race with endurance. But we need the word. We definitely need times in the word of God to strengthen our faith. And we also need the hearing of faith. You know, that's Galatians 3, verses 2 and 5. And this is, I mean, all of us have put ourselves this weekend under the hearing of faith. I hope, I hope by the presentation, not, not because of my speaking, my speaking means nothing, but it's the presenting of the word of God that gives us faith, that strengthens our faith. And we try to, everything here is from the word. And I hope that at the end of this hour, you have more faith than what you woke up with this morning. That's how it happens with us. That's why we must be in the meetings of the church. 
We cannot abandon the meetings of the church. Please don't give in to this so-called Zoom fatigue. The church is meeting. Get there. Uh, to put it in a to put it in a maybe not so nice way, uh, brothers have shared this before. I would say uh, uh, to put it in a crude way, drag your carcass to the meeting, and you will be enlivened. Look at look at look at what happens in Ezekiel, the Valley of Dry Bones. So drag your carcass to the meeting, and the Spirit can blow upon you there. And now to drag ourselves to the meeting, actually, in many cases, you don't go, you just go turn this thing on. Of course, it's good if you turn your screen on sometimes so we can see, are you still awake? But even not, sometimes you wake up right at the right time. Remember those testimonies Brother Lee gave us? Sometimes you're sleeping the whole meeting. And who has not slept in the meeting? Have you never slept in the meeting? Uh, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Many of us have. I see Brother Bill there, my host, my usual host. Hey, Brother Bill and Sister Betty. But Brother Bill, you never fell asleep in a meeting in your years in church life. Sometimes we have to admit, but we, we wake up, oh, we still get something. Be in the meeting under the hearing of faith, saints. It matters very much. It matters very much. Then our love for the Lord. And I, I, I know that we get challenged. We get, we get, we get challenged. But saints... Romans tells us, we need, we need the word, you see. Romans 5.5 5 tells us the love of God has been poured out in our hearts. It's been poured out in our hearts. We have the love of the Lord in our hearts. We can say at any time, even right now, and it will always be true, Lord Jesus, I love you. Can, can we say that? How about we say that together? Lord Jesus, I love you. And it will never be hypocritical. Never let the enemy lie to you that, oh, look at you, what you just did. Oh, look at you, the week that you had. Oh, look at the kind of person you are. Oh, uh, this and that. No, the love of God has been poured out in our hearts. And whenever I say it, it is never hypocritical. And not only so, 2 Timothy uh, 1 verses 6 and 7 tells us that we don't have a spirit of cowardice, but we have what? We have a spirit of power and a spirit of love and a spirit of sober-mindedness. Think about this. Have you thought about this? A, you know, we, we love, we usually talk about love in relation to our soul, our emotion. We don't often talk about love in connection to our spirit. But this verse points out that we have a spirit of love. Firstly, a spirit of power that's aimed at the will, a spirit of love that's aimed at our emotion, a spirit of sober-mindedness, of course, connected to our mind. You have a spirit of love, but firstly, you have a spirit of power. I have a spirit of power, and that means that I can exercise my spirit, which is actually not just exercising your spirit, it's exercising your will, your will in conjunction with your spirit. And that's related, actually, that's related to faith. The will it has to do with faith. You know, when a person first believes in the Lord, they have to exercise their will to believe, to take Christ. But it's followed by love. 
So we exercise our will to say, Lord Jesus, I love you. Actually, when you do that, you're exercising your spirit of power and your spirit of love at the same time. Oh, saints, we, we, we can say, we can say, I have a spirit of power. Could you, could you declare that? I have, I have a spirit of power. I have a spirit of love. But saints, it's also striking. This is, again, from the, the message in Memorial Day last year. Another indication of the Lord's imminent return is that because is, is Matthew 24. You know, Matthew 24, the Lord tells us about prophecies about his coming. Matthew 24, 8 says, because uh, what, what lawlessness is multiplied, the love of the many will grow cold. King James Version says, wax cold. It's like it melts, slowly melts. Has our love for the Lord been worn down because of the things going on? Whether it's the matter of the health situation or social situations or un we see the, the un unlawless, the, 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 we see the lawlessness and it, and it doesn't stop. Dear saints, according to 2 Thessalonians, this is also very interesting. Paul says this to the Thessalonians of all people. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 tells us it's not going to get better at the end of the age, but it's going to get worse. And that, and that the mystery of lawlessness, which is operating until, until the man of lawlessness is revealed. And, and that will happen when the one who restrains moves out of the way. No, who is that? Who is that? That one who restrains. You can't know. Nobody knows. Doesn't say in the Bible. But there is someone who's been restraining. And saints, I believe this is prophecy is, is being fulfilled before us that he's moving out of the way. He has begun to move out of the way, even in this nation, founded on Christian principles. The, the, man, the, the one who restrains has begun to move out of the way, and the lawlessness is going to be multiplied even more. I'm sorry to give you this kind of message, but that's what the word says. But saints, this shouldn't cause our love for the Lord to melt, <laughs> to grow cold. May, may our love not grow cold. May we fan into flame our spirit of love. And saints, it's difficult to do that alone. We need the church life. We need the church life for that. We need the church life. And if, if and we mentioned yesterday that if the moms, young moms, if you're not happy, it's very difficult to have an atmosphere of happiness and love in our in our homes. But if the, the moms are happy, oh, there'll be an atmosphere. There'll be, an, there'll be an atmosphere. So I'm praying in this regard, particularly for the sisters and the young sisters. I hope, I hope our grandmas and older sisters can really shepherd, as it says in Timothy, 
to 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 shepherd the younger sisters that they could have a free heart and and exercise their love toward toward, toward the lord and then finally saints are hope our hope and for for this I, i'd actually like to read two uh two verses with you uh romans 15:4 romans 15:4 for the things that were written previously were written for our instruction in order that listen to these phrases in order that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope <laughs> through the endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope you know the scriptures can give us endurance the scriptures can give us encouragement the scriptures can give us hope uh, i was mentioning to a group of uh, college students uh, yesterday um that there's a verse that i learned actually i i believe i i may have mentioned this to you all in in times past um i i learned this verse as a child actually through song through song uh with the brethren i was in the brethren assembly some of you may know this this is psalm 33 my it's my glory and the lifter of my head the lifter you know the capital l he is he's the lifter the recovery version says my glory and the one who lifts up my head you know so this is this is you know when when you get sad just generally you just you know your head goes down you need someone to lift lift up your head do you know that's one of the titles of the lord jesus he's the lifter of our head oh i isn't that incredible that he he's the li- he's good at lifting up our head and so the little song again pardon my excuse my voice i sing unto the lord uh with grace in my heart but my glory and the lifter of my head my glory and the lifter of my head join in if you know it for thou o lord art a shield to me the glory and the lifter of my head there's more to it but i i won't put you through that torture my glory and the lifter of my head every now and then that verse just comes back i'm taking a walk you know these days i i i'm enjoying through my my exercise this is basically long walks and the verse just comes and it comes at the right time and verses that we know that you have in your heart it's not that you have to have the bible in front of you reading but if you let the word of christ dwell in your heart then the holy spirit has the possibility then to remind you you know this is one of the functions of the spirit in what is it john 14 i think 26 and 7 The Lord said that when he comes when he comes he will remind you of all the things I have spoken to you. So one of the um functions of the spirit is to remind us of the script of the word. But but please notice saints it's remind. If if uh, I can't I can't I can't go to Mauricio and said uh brother could you do that thing 
I, uh, you know, t do that. Please take care of that. That I, you know, that thing. And I'm, I'm expecting. He knows because I, I told him. But he's like, you know, he looks and I don't know what you're talking about. Why? Because I never told him, so I can't remind him. You have to tell them first, and then you can remind them. So when it says that the spirit will remind you, it means that you have to know it first. You have to read it first. You have to hear it first. Well, I heard that. I heard that. And, you know, I read it. I learned it. And the Lord can touch me and say, I can lift up your head. And that just, I, I just, now I put my head down to, to, to bow and worship, not out of sadness. I just say, Lord, you're my shepherd. You know me. Thank you. I, I, mean, I mean, you're just, you, you never give up on me. Just one little verse, a portion of a verse. Just yesterday, I was doing my daily reading, just as an example, because also, even in your daily reading, doesn't, doesn't this happen that just the right verse comes to you? And, and, and maybe, maybe you missed a day or two. Doesn't this happen? You know, we try to read, many of us try to read at least a chapter a day, or some are reading four chapters a day to read through the Bible once a year. And, and uh, anyway, um, maybe you missed three days this week. And so now you're reading this chapter, and then, oh, that verse the Lord uses to speak to you. But but you should have read this three days ago, four days ago. If you had read it then, it wouldn't mean that much to you. But because you messed up, then it means more to you today. Now, does that mean it's good to mess up? No, of course not. It, the, Paul says, don't say, let us do evil that good may come. But my point is, the Lord is the Lord. And, and he will just encourage you. Sometimes this happened to me after when I was a, a young Christian. Sometimes, sometimes three weeks would go by. Oh, it was so bad, and I missed my reading. Then I come to read, and then I read something, and the next day I go to the church meeting, and they're talking about the verse I read or the chapter I read. Did that ever happen to you? And it, if you had been on your regular sequence, that would have been a month ago, and it wouldn't have been so meaningful. But you just read this yesterday, and it's, it's, it's like the Lord saying, oh, it's okay okay i'm with you all or the, i guess this kind of vernacular we have today it's all good it's like the lord saying it's all good just go on just keep going the lord encourages us so just yesterday morning my my reading is in mark and i read in mark 7 and in mark 7 there's these verses classic verses for the lord is saying that we have to take care not only of the outward washing but the inward, for it says, for from within, from the heart, proceed evil reasonings and so many things. When I read that, touch me, oh Lord Jesus, still these things in me. But that's 20, Mark 7, 21, 2, 3. Then when you read the next section, it's about the Syrophoenician woman who comes to the Lord for her daughter. And, and, he's, and he says, I came for the lost house of Israel. And she says, but even the little dogs eat the crumbs from the table. And it just touched me. I actually, I remembered 
Brother Lee's message that the only hope, the only remedy for the condition of our heart is to eat the Lord as the crumbs. Oh, I was just refreshed. The Lord spoke to me just by reading, just by reading. Then the next section is that man who's blind and the Lord takes him by the hand and leads him out of the village to a, to a private place. And the Lord spoke to me, you need, you need more private time with me so that you can eat me and I can heal you of the things in your heart. That, that, that's just reading the Bible. That's just reading section, section, section. Oh, little transactions with the Lord. I wasn't studying. I didn't take that long. But saints, saints, I got the, I got the endurance, the encouragement, and hope just by reading the word, just by reading the word. I hope, saints, we all can have these kind of experiences ongoing, ongoing. And the last verse, and uh, then I, I think I'll, I'll turn the meeting uh, over to you a little bit. You have a little bit longer for overflow today. Is Second Second Thessalonians, chapter two, verse sixteen. Second Thessalonians two sixteen. Now our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God our Father, who has loved us and given us eternal comfort and good hope in grace. I'll read seventeen also. Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work and word. And saints, what I want to highlight here is the eternal comfort, the comfort that is without measure, the comfort that goes beyond our situation, and the good hope are in grace. They're in grace, which in a simple way, are in the enjoyment of the Lord. I don't want to be cliche, <laughs> but saints, we really just need to enjoy him. Enjoy the Lord. Just come back to have the simple enjoyment of the Lord. Just as 2 Corinthians 11, verses 2 and 3, that we would not be like Eve who was seduced and her mind was corrupted from the singleness and the simplicity toward Christ. Oh, that we could be more simple, more single, and be able to focus on the Lord every day. If our day could start that way, it would have quite an effect on our family life, on our, on our relationship between husband and wife, our relationship with the children, if there could be peace and joy in our hearts, then there will be peace and joy in our, in, in our homes. Then there'll be peace and joy in the church life. And that can be our message to all those around us. Amen. The Lord be with you all. I think I'll stop here, brothers, and uh, turn the meeting to, to you for your the saints' overflow. Can you hear me now? Yes, brother. Okay, I just wanted to uh, praise the Lord and thank him for this wonderful time we had this morning. Amen. I feel like maybe uh, the triune God was, uh, was doing what Paul did in 1 Thessalonians. He was very concerned for our condition, 
And so he sent Ricky to check on us <laughs> so that he could find out how we're doing. And even though that uh, this message did not end the pandemic or lift the restrictions or return our life to normal, it surely lifted our head. Amen. That's right. And I feel encouraged and refreshed. And I look forward to getting into uh, more detail, all the verses our brothers shared with us. I felt very blessed to have so many verse references to look at later and enjoy later. But uh, in the meantime, what I was really touched with is the value of us seeing each other's faces. <clears throat> I was impressed that the word of God encourages our face-to-face -face interaction. And I was reminded of uh, here in Dallas and even more recently in other localities, uh, the, the tragic passing of some of our brothers and sisters in this past year. And that uh, we will not see their faces again, those who the Lord has taken from us. But the structure of their church life was left behind as a legacy for all of us to enter into their faith, their hope, their love that they built together with their families contributed to a marvelous structure of treasure in eternity and one practically that we can recall and remember and be encouraged by. Uh, you know, we don't know what the Lord has in store for 2021 or even 2022. I don't think any of us could have predicted what the nature of 2020 was. But we do have a spirit of faith, Amen. a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of sober-mindedness. And one that we can start our day with by using it to turn to the Lord as our grace and our enjoyment so that we can not only have a home full of peace and love, but live a life of faith and do the work of faith and, and, and build up this uh, marvelous structure in the church for our Lord's return. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for this uh, wonderful checkup. We love you. We're so happy to have our head lifted up by you. Amen. Amen. I'm really thankful for the um, for the word this both this morning and this whole weekend. I feel like sometimes I'm the uh, the person in the airplane, and I need to take care of my own situation. And I'm really encouraged by this matter of the Christian life being so simple. Uh, these three elements written in such a clear and definite way to these new believers who perhaps had only um, being with the Apostle Paul for just a few weeks, these matters of faith, hope, and love. And I appreciate it actually was brought out that uh, these three factors are mentioned in the first chapter of First Thessalonians, but also in the final chapter. And in that final chapter, there's the context of warfare. And certainly I think we would all agree this last year, uh, 2020, has been a year of warfare, unprecedented, unexpected, so many things added to what we would normally have. And uh, those verses in Daniel touched me. The enemy is waging war against us, and he's wanting to wear us out. But we are equipped saints. We have a spirit of faith. 
actually our spirit. This is what the Bible says. Our spirit is a spirit of faith, regardless of how we feel. Our spirit is a spirit of faith. So maybe our faith needs to be established a little bit, encouraged a little bit, completed a little bit, but it is a spirit of faith. And to strengthen that, we need to, of course, I appreciate, we need to come to the meetings. The meeting is where we're under the hearing of faith. The meeting is also the place where we can look away to see our dear Lord Jesus, the author and uh, perfecter of our faith. By looking at other things, our faith may be, uh, may be weakened, but by looking to him, our faith is always strengthened. And of course, the matter of love, our Christian life, it should be a matter of love. His love has been poured out in our, into our heart and our spirit again is a spirit of love. And finally, the matter of hope. My goodness, I, this verse is on the Bible. The Bible should be a book of hope to us. These things, the scripture has been written that we might have hope. And actually, I think this is all of our experience. If we get to the Bible, what is the result? The result is our hope increases, our, our, our appreciation, our, our, our love, our, uh, our, all our problems, they, they, they dissipate because our hope is there. Anyway, may the Lord uh, may bless us as new believers, come to him as new believers, that our faith, love, and hope would be strengthened. And, and I certainly think they have been through this hearing of faith through this conference. Amen. I enjoy the last two sharings were the one of the best conclusion. <laughs> Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen, saints. Uh, well, I'd like to strengthen uh, some of the word just by re-speaking. Sometimes that's the best way. The brothers told me I didn't have to have anything great to share but actually to respeak these words are great mm. what we were able to hear this weekend was great mm. uh I'd, i would like to respeak this matter of living a godly life which was from the crystallization training of uh, job proverbs and ecclesiastes that our brother shared with us yesterday especially these five words, vision, truth, spirit, heart, and love. You know, we've, we've heard this verse, without a vision, people cast off restraint. But actually, the vision is much more than a restraining. It does keep us, but it directs us. Mm -hmm. It encourages us. It protects us. I remember, I believe, Brother Lee shared an example one time, a vision. It's like a high-wire act is performing, and if they're smart, they always have a net under the high-wire. So if they fall, they don't fall all the way. Mm -hmm. So in essence, that is a vision. A vision keeps us, directs us, encourages us and leads us where we need to go and directs us. But once we have this vision, we still need truth. And actually, that's not doctrine. That's reality. For what? For our living. That we would have a living that the second, third, fourth generation could see a people living in the reality. So actually... To have the truth in our living becomes a pattern. 
the truth that is in Jesus. That's the truth we need to learn, and that's the truth we need to live. But in order to do that, we have to exercise our spirit. And I especially enjoy the leading part of our spirit is our conscience, because that's where we live with our family. Of course, we want to have fellowship with the Lord. We want to have fellowship with our family. But we need to always exercise our spirit to have a conscience void of offense toward God. And I would say in this message, towards our family, towards our children. I was really touched. Uh, the word yesterday, a parent lies one time to their children and the children will never forget it. Well, you know, children don't have to learn how to lie. It's part of their, the part of the fall. So they may do that a lot, but the parents have to forget it. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, Mauricio, you have to forget it. The children hardly forget things like that because we're the pattern. They're looking to us. So we need to exercise our spirit and we need to keep our heart. How do we keep our heart? By being in the joy of the Lord. One of my mm -hmm. favorite little hymn songs is uh, about the joy of the Lord. Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. When our God is our Lord, we just are happy. And I would say, especially to young people and to the parents, we need to be happy with each other. We need to enjoy each other. You know, the Lord is going to come back for a wife. I don't think he's going to come back for a sad wife, for a downcast wife. He's going to look for a wife that's smiling, that's happy, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So in order to have a good relationship with our children, as parents, we need to be happy. We need to have a joyful heart. And if we have an exercise spirit, a joyful heart, we will have the love that we need in a family life that eventually becomes our, the atmosphere there's nothing like a happy family. Uh, it, it's so attractive when you're around a family and you realize they love each other and their heart is free to love. We need a freed heart just to love God and love man and especially to love our second, third, fourth generation. So especially today, Luke 18 when the Lord comes, will he find faith? I have another portion uh, from my reading. Uh, not long ago, I was in Hebrews. Listen to this. This is Hebrews 10, 35 through 39. I'll just read it to you. Do not cast away, therefore, your boldness, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance. In order that, having done the will of God, you may obtain the promise. The promise here in Hebrews is the Sabbath rest. Everybody needs rest, right? This situation we've been living in for the last year really stresses out everyone. And so we all need rest. So we need endurance. And the endurance will bring us the ability. Uh, 
the promise, which is the Sabbath rest. But let me finish. For in yet a little while, the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul does not delight in him. The Lord really wants to find faith when he returns, which is just himself dispensed into us to be our faith, right? Then he goes on to say, but we are not of those who shrink back. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. We are not of those who shrink back. Mm -hmm. We're not shrinking back to ruin, but we're those who have faith to the gaining of our souls. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. So actually, I just thank the Lord we had this time. Uh, this word was timely, as is all the New Testament ministry. It's so timely. The Lord needs all the saints. And I, I appreciated the word yesterday, uh, intergenerational relationships. What does that mean? It means the young people need the older saints. The older saints need the younger saints. Sometimes the older saints think, oh, the young people don't want to be with me. I'm over the hill. I've got nothing new to say. They don't want to be with me. That is not true. That is a tactic of the enemy to keep us separated, right? No, the young people need us. We need them. I remember reading not long ago in, in a, a series, Brother Lee said, there's nothing like a house with a couple of old people in it with no children. He said, you need a lot of children to make noise. He said, my grandkids come and I have to clean the house afterwards, but I'm so glad they come. Mm -hmm. Well, we need the young people to keep us living and they need us for the shepherding. We, we really need each other. Uh, and I would say yesterday, uh, yesterday afternoon, I had two of my daughter's families and seven of my 10 grandchildren. And one of them was disappointed because he wasn't able to sit at the table with all the, all the older people. And so we, we, my table is pretty big anyway. It seats about 10 or 12 but we were <clears throat> overflowing on my table. So we had to move the kids table closest to the table as we could get it. And this, uh, not the youngest grand uh, son, but next to the youngest, he was there and he got so disappointed. So he went over on the couch and he was all huffing and puffing. And grandma, my wife, went over and talked to him and shepherded him. And he opened to grandma. Of course, eventually mom had to come help too. But there was a there was a care for one another because there there is a loving atmosphere. Anyway, saints, we need all ages and all stages. Why? Because we need strong families to build up dispensational instruments. What does that mean? Dispensational, I believe in this uh, reference, is related to the age that we're in. 
The Lord has a move on the earth today and he wants to return. So he needs dispensational instruments of all ages. He needs the young ones in Thessalonica. He needs the older ones. So the Lord has to have the blending of the ages together in the families for his move and his return. So I'll conclude, especially enjoyed hearing about Thessalonians, sorry, and especially that that is related to young people, written to young people. So I want to read you the last few verses of Thessalonians. This is 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. We're all familiar, all familiar with this verse. Listen to this. And the God of peace, praise the Lord for the God of peace. The God of peace himself sanctify you wholly and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to the last verse. Faithful is he who calls you who also will do it. Amen. Saints, we're in the right place at the right time for the Lord to have dispensational instruments to bring him back. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Brother Ricky, for joining us. We enjoy it every time. And thank you, saints, for all your participation. It was great. My word was not that great, but the speaking this weekend was great. Amen. 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 Amen.